Thank you for tuning in to Passion for Purity. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are fighting to have sexual integrity while living in a hypersexualized culture. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 02 on why sexual integrity matters more than we think. Let's dive in. Thanks for tuning in today. So I think we would all agree that sexual integrity matters. Purity matters, right? And there are consequences to sexual sin. But my goal for the next 10 minutes is to convince you that sexual sin, sexual purity, matters more than we give it credit for. We're going to look at three areas. First, let's talk about your spiritual health. Now you say, okay, that's obvious sin, right? Well, sexual sin is actually, it's on a different level. Consider 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Okay, and this is in the context. Paul then talks about your body being the temple of the Holy Ghost, and so he's putting it on a, a different plane. Every other sin is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. You know, I I appreciate John MacArthur's notes on this. He says, There's a sense in which sexual sin destroys a person like no other because it is so intimate and entangling, corrupting on the deepest human level. Yeah, that's pretty deep. And because our body and soul are, well, you know, we don't exactly know how they're connected, but they are. And so when we sin against our body, it not only does it affect our body, but it affects our soul. So sexual sin in that sense, it's different from all other sins. It's worse in many ways. Uh, that's something to consider. It, it does matter because of your spiritual health and in ways that even other sins don't. But I also want to draw your attention to uh, one of the great list passages. So in the New Testament, there are several lists throughout the epistles and in the gospels where it says, okay, this type of person will not inherit the kingdom of God, or, or God hates this type of person or this type of sin. Consider Galatians five nineteen to 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that was a long list, but did you notice four or five of them directly had to do with sexual sin? God hates sexual sin. He hates all sin, but sexual sin is there. And for our spiritual health as believers— You know the toll that it takes if we are continually indulging in sexual sin, but then going back to God and saying, God, please forgive me. I want to do better. That wears on you. It really does affect your spiritual health. Consider Ephesians 5.3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness, covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Okay, there he says again. Sexual immorality and all impurity, it should not be named among you. Don't have it. Proverbs 6.32, he who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. 
Now that's the Old Testament. That's the wisdom literature. And, and Solomon is saying, sexual sin will destroy you. Don't commit adultery. Okay, this is just, you know, it's looking at several scriptures, the epistles and, and then even the wisdom literature there. But you see, the Bible paints sexual sin as a serious matter. Flee from it. Don't abstain from it. It's a work of the flesh. It is a sin against your body and your soul. It's different. So it really does matter for your spiritual health. But that's not the only area. Here's a different one. More on the scientific side. Sexual sin hurts the health of your brain. What do I mean by that? Okay, believe it or not, your brain is your primary sex organ, right? Try having sex without it, okay? You need the brain to get aroused. You need the brain to feel pleasure, right? And I want to read for you something from the Conquer Series website. And the Conquer Series is a... Well, it's another sexual integrity series. It's a great resource, uh, good for church studies. You can look it up if you're interested. But uh, they've got some great insight onto what sexual sin, specifically pornography, does to your brain. Listen to this. When porn is viewed, several things happen to the brain involving powerful hormones, two of which are oxytocin and vasopressin. Often called the love hormone, oxytocin is released when we hug or kiss a loved one. It regulates social interaction and sexual reproduction, playing a role in empathy, generosity, orgasm, and human bonding. Vasopressin is a hormone found in most mammals, which is also used as a medication. It numbs the pain. When we watch pornography and act out, the sexual sin releases a powerful concoction creating a perplexing issue for the human body. Fundamentally, the bonding hormones of oxytocin and vasopressin form a rewiring of the brain with the wrong material. That lures the individual deeper into a prison of their own making. An intoxicating combination of hormones intended to bring loved ones closer together and promote mental healing are instead operating out of a sinful activity completely confusing the mind. End quote. Okay. You hear how serious that is on your brain. If someone routinely indulges in pornography and even other sexual sins, they, they affect the brain too, although I, I don't believe as starkly as pornography does. But the health of your brain uses those two hormones, and it literally rewires your brain so that your brain is used to falling into that loop. There's a hormone rush at the end of it, and it's going to feel good, it's pleasurable, and it makes it harder and harder to resist that. And not only is it negative because it forms such a bad habit loop, okay, it also it hurts your ability to enjoy other things, to enjoy normal sex with a real person. That's damaged. It hurts your ability to enjoy other things because that area of your brain that receives so much stimulation, other areas of your brain literally shrink. And you can check the uh, check the Conquer series out. They'll they'll go into more of that. But the health of your brain is on the line, and sexual sin it really hurts that. So for the sake of your spiritual health, right? Fight for sexual integrity. For the health of your brain. Fight for sexual integrity. Here's a third one. The health of your marriage and family or your future marriage. 
all, all three of those areas are significantly impacted by your sexual integrity or lack thereof. Okay. So let's say you're a single guy. You're not married. You're looking forward to it. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no inconsequential sexual sin. There just isn't. Okay. Pornography, that'll wreak havoc on your relationship with your wife, especially if it's not killed before you enter the marriage relationship. But even if you're struggling with it now, boy, that really does affect your sex life when you get married. And who doesn't, who doesn't want a good sex life, right? That's, that's one of God's gifts to us. And so even for the sake of that, fight for sexual integrity. But you know, also because you're dwelling with one of God's daughters. And so to be giving your sexual love to an image on a screen, you know, it's just wrong on a lot of levels. And it's, man, it's really going to hurt. It really affects the self-esteem of a girl when she finds out that her husband is is looking to other places because then the natural question for the girl is, wait, am I not good enough? So all that to say, there's no inconsequential sexual sin when it comes to your future marriage. Masturbation, much the same way. And let's talk about that for a second because you can say, well, it, if I don't have any lustful thoughts, right? Well, here's the problem with that. You can masturbate whenever you want and whenever you feel like it. You take that into a marriage relationship and you say, okay, I'm not going to masturbate anymore. Uh, now it's just going to be with my wife. Well, uh, sex is not just about pleasing yourself like masturbation is. And a wife cannot compete with that, you know, before you had it whenever you wanted, whenever it felt good. But uh, when it involves another human being, it's not so. It's much more about patience, making sure the other person is enjoying it. And and so you see masturbation, it's it's very different. And that will affect your future marriage. Um, sexual fantasy, the way that you think about your wife, again, that will play into your, your sex life. And fornication and adultery, obviously those those are two huge things that will they'll hurt the integrity of your marriage. So you single guy out there, Fight so that you can have a good marriage, so that you can enjoy sex as God's gift. Because I'm telling you right now, none of those sins are going to be inconsequential. And if you are married, or if you're in a relationship, you know these things as well. You have got to fight because the health of your marriage, and ultimately the health of your family, those things are on the line. And that's your spiritual health, the health of your brain, and the health of your marriage. You need all three of those areas. But if we are lax in this area of sexual integrity, we are going to be in a world of hurt. I want to close today by reading 1 Corinthians 6.18 again. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Flee from sexual immorality. Run from it. Do whatever you can so that you are not indulging in it. Flee. Thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, keep fighting.